Battle Ready Broadcast, believing what it says. We are in Revelation. We went through chapter 1 last week. We're going to pick up where we left off and start and go through chapter 2. Um, thank you for watching with us. Thank you for studying with us. I'm going to let Laura guide us back into where we were, just kind of summarize chapter 1 in case somebody missed last week, and then we'll start through chapter 2. Chapter 1 was a reunion. So John, who had been pastor at the church in Ephesus, they didn't call it pastor, they called it bishop, and there were other elders with him, has been exiled for telling people that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the Roman government has exiled him on the Isle of Patmos. History tells us, us because they tried to kill him. They tried to kill him in a huge, spectacular way by boiling him in oil. But history tells us, it's not recorded in the Bible, that it had no effect on him whatsoever. So instead, they banned him to the Isle of Patmos. And while he's there, he's already seen the resurrected Christ. He's, he sat with him. He ate with him. He talked with him those 40 days after the resurrection. But now he's seeing the glorified Christ who's coming and talking with him while he's all alone on this island mm -hmm. and spending time with him. And that reunion is, don't forget who I am. I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I'm the first and the last. I'm, I've got it all covered. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to give you something that I want you to write down and tell to the churches. And, and, he, and he starts in chapter one, introducing us to the seven stars and the seven golden candlesticks. And he says, these, these candlesticks are the churches. So I don't have to think about what they mean. Jesus said what they mean. Mm -hmm. They are the churches. And the stars are the angels of those churches. I don't have to think about what they mean. They, they, he's already told us that. So as we go into chapter 2, it's a personal letter to seven churches. It's a personal letter from God. And, and these churches, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead or give too much, but I want you to talk about this. They're everywhere with us today. Now, they were literal, real churches all around the Mediterranean Sea, mm -hmm. around into the parts of Asia Minor, which we call Turkey today. These, these places where there were literal churches, and when I say churches, I don't mean buildings. I mean people. I mean groups of people saved by Jesus Christ meeting together. Those are the churches, mm -hmm. and those are, that's who he's talking to, and God is writing a letter to each one of them, but... I don't want to get all symbolic. We said when we read Revelation that we were going to be very careful to let it interpret itself and read it as literally as we can. Where there's symbolism that God gives us, we'll talk about it if mm -hmm. we can. But let's just take him at his word and see what we can get out of it mm -hmm. that way. They were literal churches with literal issues that he's writing to them about. But at the same time, these issues are in churches today. They were in churches 100 years ago. They were in churches 1,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right? They'll be in churches if, if God doesn't return a hundred years from today because these are the problems that arise in, in church. the church or gathering of believers that God said, here's what you're doing right and here's what you need to improve on. Mm -hmm. And there's, these are the consequences if you don't and here's the rewards if you do. And you can't be squeamish if you think we're not going to get some correction because we're going to get a lot of correction yeah. in, these, in these letters to these churches. Also, keep in mind that in the midst of the candlesticks that's the end of chapter one is jesus so let's just grab that verse and read it again if you see um um verse 17 says uh john fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon him saying unto me fear not i am the first and the last 
I am that he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and have the keys of hell and death. Write these things. I, you know what? I don't want to skip over that part. I, he, Jesus, has the keys of hell and death. Mm-hmm. Remember that. That's I'm in very control, mm-hmm. right? I have to remind myself, I, you probably hear this in a thousand Bible studies, and you probably hear it in a thousand sermons, but I have to remind myself, not on a daily basis, but maybe on an hourly basis, God is in control. Mm-hmm. He's got the keys. He's in control. Nothing's happening that he's doing. unaware of. Mm-hmm. He is walking amongst his churches, and that's where you're getting to. Is that's where, one, where he talks to. about he's, the walking. He's walking through the churches. He's with the churches. He's advising the angels. The angels are helping the churches do what they're supposed to do. Um, it says, write these things, John, verse 19. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So these right now are the R. These are the churches, but it's also for us hereafter. For us, for us hereafter. Mm-hmm. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And there are a lot of different ways to interpret the book of Revelation. I'm not giving you any groundbreaking material there. No. And that's the way with truth. Truth that comes from the Word of God can be used and it is applicable in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm just going to remember, we're trying to go as literal as we we possibly can Mm -hmm. to what is literally written and just because... Here's our goal. If that makes you study... I don't study, want to say anything that's not in there. Even if you disagree with us. If that Go, makes that's you a good study thing. Go look. And makes you study and inquire into the Word of God, that's all That's all we really want mm-hmm. is somebody digging into the Word of God. Because, yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong by doing this that. This is a study. We're studying together. You're studying mm-hmm. as much as I'm studying. So you bring what and you something we said, bring. Something we said at home earlier when we were talking about this is a study isn't a study if we just say it and you just swallow it and that's all there is to it I mean that's nice we appreciate that when you have faith in us but a study is when we question and we have difference of opinion and we talk it through and we may not agree 100% on every little thing but that doesn't we mean, don't agree 100% well no and that doesn't mean <laughs> that we're we're against each other that or means we're, we're not seeing Christian a different angle that means we have different perspectives mm-hmm. from the different points of our life and that's a good thing it it's it seems like Christians can't do that very well they if you don't believe the way I do then we can't be friends but that shouldn't be the case we should be having said that coming up in this chapter is a place where if you if you don't take the volume of the book Mm -hmm. you'll you'll think that the Bible is in contradiction with itself Mm -hmm. but the Bible is never in contradiction we can be in a different point of view but the Word of God is never in contradiction it is always right it is right when I'm wrong. It's right no matter who's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't argue with itself. So when you see two things, and we're going to see it, that seem to be conflicting, you have to figure out what well, am I not different. getting? Mm-hmm. What, what part of the story am I not hearing? Because the, it does not argue with itself. Because it's a, this is a spiritual book, and it is spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes, and he doesn't argue with himself. That I know for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That I know for sure. If you have a question and you're seeking an answer from God, he's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to contradict his word. Mm -hmm. He's going to go exactly what he said today and tomorrow Mm -hmm. and forever. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. So let's start at Revelation chapter 2. 
We won't get very far, let me tell you, because... <laughs> Every time we say that, we get farther than we think. We, well, but we, we read this ourselves today, and we're talking about it, and I think we got, what, to the second verse before we yes, had stopped to stop? many but. times. <laughs> so Jesus tells John, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Okay, we, we, we let one. Let, we stop. Okay, so verse one, John's going to write a letter to an angel. My first question was, why does he need to write a letter to an angel? What's happening here? Um, what's this word angel? Because angel mean the literal translation of angel is messenger. But everywhere John uses this, which is seven or eight other places in this book, he's talking about an angelic being. He's talking about angels in heaven, angels. And there's no reason to think he's not meaning that here. And I, and I kept thinking and thinking because I don't want to get it wrong and I don't want to say something that's not there. But God has, he's walking amongst the churches, the end of this verse says, mm -hmm. that she read. He walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And it says he is among his people. And they're in his right hand. And they're in his hand. He's in control of, of them and he's mm -hmm. got their mm -hmm. future secure. But he's saying at the same time, there's something he has to say to them. And he's including John. So that this is recorded not only for these churches, but also for us, the church forever. Mm -hmm. he's, he's recording that. And there is a messenger or an angel, and he's already told us that in chapter 1. So I don't have to doubt that that's true mm -hmm. for each of these churches. So, so there, is a, there is an angel over these churches, a messenger, that the message John is taking down, that messenger is going to make sure that message gets to the right place. Mm -hmm. It gets to the church that needs it and the church that needs it. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, that's kind of an interesting phrase that he's going to write something to an angel, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Write it to a messenger, and that so, it, so, that's not something I've heard before, even though I've read it before. Mm -hmm. So also, how much background do you want to give on Ephesus? Ephesus is John's church, so here he's starting at home. This is the church where, he, you remember on the cross, we said this last week, Jesus looks down and says, John, this is your mother, and mother, this is your son. In other words, I'm going to leave this world. I need you to take care of my mother. And history tells us that John took Mary to Ephesus and that he was the bishop of the church there. It's interesting, Paul starts the church mm -hmm. in Ephesus. There's the letter to the Ephesians written by Paul. John pastors the church of Ephesus. You talk about good leadership mm -hmm. and a good beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, you Absolutely couldn't have a better, better setup than that. But there's, he says, I've got an issue with you. So we're even, even with that great start and that great beginning, there's things Jesus has to correct in them. And, and let's, let's talk about that for a and minute. And let's just say that for a minute, too, because, you know, we, we get all wound up about being corrected. But that's what the whole Word of God does when you study it. It, it, mm. it shows you the places that you need to be corrected and to do better and to do more and to understand, not to get too far away from what it is that God really asks of us. Don't if it doesn't correct you, the Bible itself says that you're not a son. Mm -hmm. You're not a child of God. Mm -hmm. So when you get corrected, first it hurts your feelings, mm -hmm. makes you sad. And, but or, but when you're corrected by the word of God, it ought hurt. to make you. The Bible says, "Rejoice." Sometimes it's because not, you're a when son. you're reading it from the word of God and you're being corrected. Sometimes it shames you. 
Sure. Because you thought of that, or you already knew that, and then you haven't been But when that happens, the next thought ought to be, thank you that I'm a child of God and you care enough to show me where I'm getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God, that you take an interest in me Mm -hmm. and want to fix me. Which is what he's doing to these churches. He's doing to these churches. I'm here Mm -hmm. with you, but there's something I need to tell you about. And even better than that, even though we're literally knowing that it pertains to all the, there's not a, I don't think, this is my opinion now, this isn't, this is me. I don't think there's any church anywhere that hasn't had some or all of the things that he writes about to these seven Mm -hmm. churches. It's Mm -hmm. just that's the things that Jesus is making sure we know and And are protected from. We think about, we, we try to correct, we do. But isn't it good that there, here's our pattern, here's our stuff that we need to measure how our church is doing by these things that he's getting ready to say. People jokingly use the phrase, a come to Jesus meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they talk about when you have to say something that maybe is unpleasant or is very serious to another person, they joke about that. But honestly, that is the pattern. So to each of these seven churches, he follows a pattern. He introduces himself, mm-hmm. right? He, he tells does. them what they've gotten right. He tells them what they've gotten wrong. Mm -hmm. He tells them what happens if they don't fix it and what happens if they do fix it. Mm -hmm. And in each single church, that's that's the pattern that he follows. Here is what I need to discuss with you, and I need you to take it seriously. And, it, it, and some yeah. of these churches we know historically heard it. And some of them didn't. And some of them didn't hear it. So that, I mean, they heard it, but they didn't listen to it. They didn't change. Mm-hmm. And they felt the consequences of it. And Ephesus is one of those churches that didn't heed the warning. So let's go. So, Ephesus, do you, oh, before I do, one more thing you should say about Ephesus is Ephesus is a place where there is a temple to Artemis, Diana. who is Diana. And that it, that's a place where... They thought wisdom and cunning mm, true. and power was very, very important. The way they worshipped in this port city was that there were prostitutes in this temple that you paid for their services, and that was a spiritual worship. So think about, like we always talk about how hard it is to be a Christian in today's world. Can you imagine being a first century Christian in Ephesus at the foot of this great temple to Diana that people are traveling all across the ancient world to be mm-hmm. at? and engaging in these practices and you're in a port city and you're down here living for Christ, sometimes I think we overemphasize how hard it is for us. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's never been an easy thing to live for Christ in this world. Know, right? And you're going to see that in each of these churches as well. That the, mm-hmm. What they're struggling against is the culture that they're in mm-hmm. and not being like the culture but being like Christ. Like Christ and making a difference, mm-hmm. being an example letting that light shine verse 2 jesus says i know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and has <laughs> patience and for my name's sakes has labored and has not fainted so before we go into the bad, let's talk about the good. Okay, so what is he, what he is he saying is good? He knows their works, he knows their labors, and we talked about having two words that seemingly mean the same thing but a little different. Mm-hmm. Working, laboring, patient, trying those. It tells you to try the spirits, to know who's among you. He's, they're trying the spirits. They're finding out the ones that are not true followers of Christ, and, and they're calling them liars. Um, 
The patients, though, you get. Mm-hmm. Where's John? He's on. John's the, on the Isle of Patmos for preaching the God. The pa- they're being patient in their persecution, mm-hmm. so they're not just like very patient people. No. They they are they are standing firm despite in a threatening atmosphere mm-hmm. where Christians are being punished and jailed exiled, tried to be killed. He said, I've noticed that you're still doing what you're supposed to be doing. I've noticed that you're working for you the Lord. I noticed that you haven't given up and run mm-hmm. away. And I and and I see that and that is good. And I see that uh, you, you when people came in and they told you they were apostles, but they were false apostles, you knew the truth from a lie. Well, goodness sakes, if Paul plants the church. You should know And that. John has been your teacher. And John walked with Jesus himself. There's a benefit to knowing the truth from a lie. Both of those, can you imagine going to a church where you had them in the flesh there to teach you? And he said, you know a liar from someone who's not a liar. You, The church has always had false prophets in always. it. It has prophets in it, false prophets in it today. They're mm-hmm. all over the place. How do you know a false prophet? Because they don't say what the Word of God says. They say or something else. Or they say the Word of God says this, but we're going to... We're going to make it mean this. We're going to make it another meaning, or we're going to add another thing to it, or we're going to join it with some other thought. And let me explain why you don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we've always had that. Mm-hmm. Be- always and had what that. I have always wondered, growing up in a pastor's family, just a side note, like, <laughs> why would you want that job? True. Because a pastor is not the king. He is not the king. And a pastor is not the, the person you worship or you adore. The pastor is the biggest servant in the church. Mm-hmm. The pastor is the one that has, he's taking on the responsibility before God of making sure that everybody in there is taken care of. Mm-hmm. It's and, and I've always wondered, like, why if you didn't believe in Christ, would you want to be a false prophet? Why would you want to come in and say that? I don't know, and I don't know that we have an answer. But if you have one, you can post one. But well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they. But it's always had that. It's always had that. And you've always been able to have and, to be able to tell the truth from a lie. And that's interesting too, because that's the first century church. That's right there. And that's right after, yeah, right after right Jesus there. resurrected. And remember, you have people saying, some of the "Let me tell you how, what it really means." Wasn't it Paul that said that? Yeah. The workers of iniquity have already started. They're already, already started, in and here. I they're think that was John too, in First John. They already he have said they're started already crept doing in. these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know thy works, uh, verse four. Nevertheless, so they're working hard, right? You they're are working, working really hard. hard. You've got and patience. You're you're seeing things. and you're smart. Are, and Remember you're smart. that culture worships wisdom. They worship that idea of of being very wise and discerning and all that. And he said, I see that you're wise. You mm-hmm. are wise. Mm-hmm. You know the truth from a lie. And this is Jesus. He's not... Nevertheless. Yeah, there, that's the word. Nevertheless, nevertheless. I've got something I have to say to you. Verse 4. Nevertheless, and it's I gonna have hurt. somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. So before we even go any further, when you leave your first love, what have you left? The first love is that that intimate relationship with Christ. They've come to Christ. They were taught Christ. They were taught the gospel. And they responded to the gospel. Mm-hmm. But now we're kind of getting caught up if we're not careful in good things, being right, being correct, not putting up with evil persons. It says not you don't you don't put up with that. You know right from wrong. But you're kind of forgetting that the first thing is. Jesus. Love God and, and love your neighbor. Yourself. And, and if you let that love go, you think, well, they're doing everything right. 
Yeah. You know, what? why is he, is he being nitpicky here? No, he said, listen. This is Jesus This now. is a death knell for you. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. everybody would think, but we're, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. My works and my labor are good. My faithfulness is good. You know, surely God's going to be pleased with me. But he's not pleased. He says, nevertheless, I got you forgot me. the most important thing has to be the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Love God and love your neighbor. And love your neighbor. You've forgotten your first love. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you've forgotten mm-hmm. that, that he's the first love. And let's talk about that. Sometimes, now I know for myself, when I first came to church and I became a Christian, I remember being so excited, so happy, so eager to look and see what God had to say today when I read, you know, my daily Bible reading or to go to church or to pray or to whatever. And then over time, something happens and you, and I know those are just small things. They're not really small things, but they're the kind of things that draw you away from being able to discern the smart things that they were doing before. They can't do that the farther away they get from Christ. They have to stay focused on what the most important thing is, as you said. I said, if you're not careful, if you read, if instead of reading the Bible, if you read how-to books on Christianity, you'll get the idea that if I do this and this and this and this and this, if I follow this guy's seven-step program, if I pray in this This guy's pattern Mm -hmm. or program, Mm -hmm. Well, then I have done what I need to do, and God will be pleased with me. When you've done that, what you've done is you've put your faith in you. And in your works are good. Their labor is good. He commended it. Mm -hmm. Your faith is good. Your patience is good when you're being tried. But if your faith is in you, you've lost lost your first love. Mm -hmm. Your faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. He, I love him because he took care of it all. He finished it all. Mm-hmm. And that's my focus. Not not telling people, hey, this is how you are. But mm-hmm. he, he he loved you so that's much that he died. That's why we're so careful. And yeah. forgive me, I'm adding here now. We didn't talk about this. <clears throat> but that's why we're so careful not to have, not to tell you exactly how to pray. Not to give you... Here, you know, and I know people like that. I, I like to read prayers, too. I read those books. Sometimes they're helpful. Sometimes they're not. Yeah, but, but, but nobody here, we're not at this church. We don't make you go through, here, just read this. Jesus said, you think that I hear you because of your much speaking. You think God hears you because you're much speaking. He said, let me teach you how to pray. There was a, there was a Pharisee, there was a mm-hmm. and he went up to the temple, and he said, I thank thee, Lord, that I am not like that guy over there. Thank you, Lord, that I am not. And he was looking at a publican who they didn't think much of because of the occupation he, he took that was loyal to Rome. He said, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that guy most of all. And he said, the publican, not even willing to look up, smote his right? and said, mm-hmm. Lord, have mercy on me, a, a sinner. sinner. Mm-hmm. And he said, that prayer God has respect on. That mm-hmm. prayer God honors. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the big we forget showing that. God how good you sometimes, are. And sometimes we don't even we don't through. even mean to do that, but we are doing that. When we think we we're are smart and we figured something <clears throat> out and we've got it all together and we and then we pray. Well then God has to do it then because look what I've done. Mm-hmm. Look what I've look what, what I've done to earn the favor of God. You've done nothing to earn the favor of God. The grace and the mercy that God has given us, we are, we are not worthy of. We receive and we respond to it with these works and these labors and these, this patience and this faithfulness. But we didn't earn it. 
at all. It, Christ earned it. Our righteousness right? says was earned rags, by Christ. Right? It's so not anything you want to can't forget about. your first love. And you know what? It's such a subtle trick. Mm-hmm. It is. That, to, go from, to go from working because of his great love. And I want to do what I can do for Christ because he is so awesome. And get that out there in the world for people to know. Two, I am working so that I can have Christ's great love. I'm working to earn his love mm-hmm. and favor. He and it seems it's me. such a, it can look the same. Mm-hmm. But he says, this is really serious because look what happens if you don't listen to this warning. He said, verse five, <clears throat> he says, now, verse four was, here's what I've got against you. You've lost, you've left your first love. Verse mm-hmm. five says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. You got to figure it out, right? You know when you fell, when you're fallen and repent. No, and, and, and I think that remember works. is, think back to how you mm-hmm. were when you mm-hmm. knew that, that you hadn't, I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I, I was at a point where I knew there is nothing I can do to help myself. Mm-hmm. I'm lost. If he didn't save me, I'm going to go saved. to hell. Mm-hmm. He said, remember back to when you knew that was the truth. Mm-hmm. When you had nothing to offer and God saved you. And that, that feeling of gratitude you had because you knew you didn't earn it. Think back. Mm-hmm. And go back to the From first work. thou art fallen and repent. And the first work, if you look in First Thessalonians chapter 1, the first work is faith. The first work is believing on him who is sent, believing on the Son of God. Mm-hmm. That's the only work you did. You believed what he said. That's it. Because right? you, you couldn't so do anything else. That's what caused you to repent. That's what caused you to invite Christ into your life. You believed he was who he said he was. Mm-hmm. Go back to your first work. These works are great, he said. They're good. Go back to your first work. Mm -hmm. And don't forget what you're doing this for. Mm -hmm. And do the first works. And here's the warning. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And they didn't. And it was removed. The church in Ephesus was... History says. History tells us the church in Ephesus was... The persecution got intense when it got intense. It disbanded and was no more. Mm-hmm. They, they gave up. And they gave up because, he says, go back to your first You didn't works. go back to the first work. Mm-hmm. Verse 6, though. Let's see because what Because works says. won't save you. Your works won't save you. The finished work of Christ. Verse 6. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, I just want to say for just a second... Red letters, Jesus speaking. When God says he hates something. Take it seriously. He hates something. It's not something to go, oh, well, you know, it's okay that we do. No, he said he hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Now, there is no group. And he was glad that Ephesus hated it, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. <laughs> he said, good, this is something deeds, you have. That's a good thing. You hate what they do, and I hate what they do, but so that's good. But I don't good. like the Nicolaitans. And the mm-hmm. Nicolaitans aren't a group that you can go look them up and say, here's who they were. You know why? Because they didn't call themselves Nicolaitans. What did they call themselves? Nicolaitans is not a title, like this is the name of your group. Nicolaitan, Nicolaitans is a an adjective describing the group. It actually means... And I have this note, so I have to overcomers of the people. So here's what the Nicolaitans were all about. Titles, mm-hmm. position, Prestige. rank. I'm above you. You're above me. You, If you need forgiveness from God, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. I'm in between you and them. I've, I'm closer to God than you are. Let's make a hierarchy. 
Let's make it a schedule that, listen, here's what you need to know. If you're born again in the family God of God, you are as valuable and as equal and as important as anybody, anybody else. else in the family of God. Absolutely. Paul said there's no longer Jew, nor Greek, nor bond, nor free, nor male, nor female. Mm -hmm. If you are a saved individual, you are on the same plane. You have different jobs in the church, and those jobs are all to serve everyone else, not for your glory. But these Nicolaitans who are, who are false prophets, mm -hmm. right? They are false prophets. They are these people who say, I'm an apostle, when they're not. Mm -hmm. And he said, he, you, you recognize that. You saw that, and that's good. Mm -hmm. Because they're saying, it's not that an apostle can't say I'm an apostle, which means he was in the presence of Christ and called by Christ. Mm -hmm. It's that that doesn't make you any more important than the guy that got saved Tuesday. It's mm -hmm. true right there's no big people in the church and small people in the church nope everybody we have, here we are fitly framed together each of us has a different body we're part of the same body not just <clears throat> we are an addison church but not just an addison church but an old time free will baptist church in columbus and whatever churches you represent we're all part of that same body if we believe that in christ and the resurrection and and what scripture says about that we're all one body if you look it up historically nicolaitanism is you're trying to step back between god and the people god and the people kind like, of like jesus people. said i'm the high priest you come straight to me the veil's torn. torn and the nicolaitan says not now you come and love me because i can and, help you. and praise me and rely on me and i will make sure that you're okay with God. He said, I hate it. Uh, I, I hate it. it and, and, and I can't, you can't say anything harsher about that because that's his words. Because God I wants his people hate. to come straight to him. And Paul says boldly mm -hmm. to know that you can come straight mm -hmm. to him. And then he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So let's look at those two overcomers. Nicolaitan means overcomer of the people. I'm putting myself over you. I am bullying you into obedience or love for me instead of love for God, mm -hmm. right? That's what he's doing. But he, and then he turns around and says, now, if you will truly overcome, if right? You really if you will be he that overcometh, I'll give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Not, you can overcome the Nicolaitans mm -hmm. and come straight to me. Mm -hmm. You can overcome this world. You can overcome sin. You can, not you, through the power of Jesus Christ, you can come straight through him to the Father. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, here's what you get to eat of the tree of ne everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Eat of the tree of life mm -hmm. in the paradise of God. And he that hath an ear, let him hear. Let, listen to me. You don't need the Nicolaitans. You can come to me. Mm -hmm. And and overcome. Can you imagine how much better we'd be if we just, what, what is it? I think sometimes human beings feel like they can't possibly just go to God, right? I just, I can't. But that's exactly what he wants you to do is that relationship When you with say him. I can't possibly come to God, go straight to God, you're calling God himself a liar because Jesus Christ said you can. He yep. said, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you rest. You come to me. Mm -hmm. And then he proved how you can by dying on the cross and rising again and, and showing his resurrected body to all that, mm -hmm. that would were around him. He showed you can come directly to me. Mm -hmm. Right? But you got to have faith. You have to believe God, what he said. Mm -hmm. 
believe what he said and believe who he is, mm -hmm. right? And then do it. Act on that, right? So that's the first church, the church of Ephesus. Did we leave anything out we wanted to say about them? I don't know. I don't know. I think we did good. He introduces <laughs> himself there. What's he say? Who does he say he is he to He says, them? These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Again. Where two or three are gathered in his name. He's, he's got you. Mm -hmm. You're in my hand. Mm -hmm. And now I can't think of any better place You're to be. You're in my hand. You don't need anybody to tell you how to get there. You're already there. Mm -hmm. You're in the yeah. hand of God. That's kind of a loving statement when you think about it that way, isn't it? You know what, as we read these things, and, and if you're not careful, you say, God, why are you so picky with these people? Why are you so, well, it seems like you're nitpicking a little bit. He's not nitpicking a little bit. God tells you what he tells you because he loves you. Mm -hmm. And it, you can't read this and forget that one thing I know for absolutely certain, Christ loves me. Mm -hmm. He proved it. It doesn't change. It doesn't go up and down. He loves me. And the Father loves Christ. And I'm in him. So that means the Father loves me. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and I need to realize that when God corrects, it is out of the, the greatest love, period. Ever. There's nothing to add to the end of that sentence. I can't say out of anything because everything that ever has been or is or will be is in him. Mm -hmm. He is love and he loves me. So everything I, you read, think he's saying this out of, I love you and I don't want to see you fail. Yeah, so you're doing this right. Come on, let's do this a little bit, but do the other things too. Mm -hmm. So let's go to the second church. And unto the church, I'm sorry, and unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These say, things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Okay, so Smyrna is a church that what does he say is good about Smyrna? He's first of all, who's talking? Jesus is talking. No, well, I mean, thing, who does he call himself? He calls himself the first, the last, which was dead and is alive. So he reminds him of his crucifixion. They're I was going dead. To suffer death, and here he's talking about that. Right I now. was dead, but guess what? I beat it. Mm -hmm. And, he and you're going to beat it, right? He has the keys because to this is he's talking to a church when he tells them what's good. He said, "I see what you're doing. I see your works." I know, that they're good. I know you're poverty. in trouble, and I know you're suffering poverty. Why are they suffering poverty? This is a persecuted church. Mm -hmm. this, this is a city in Turkey, Smyrna. I, could t I wrote it down, and I can't find it, the name of it today. You could look it up on a map, and I can't find it right now. But um, this, this is a city where they, they, there was intense persecution of the church. And he says to them, you may, not, you may need reminded that I see it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're suffering, but he said, I want you to know, you, yes, I see your poverty, but you're rich. Mm -hmm. Why are they rich? Because they have him. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I don't want you to forget who I am. I'm the one that was dead. Look what they did to me. And yet here I am alive and well and mm -hmm. right here among you. So if you're asked to die, mm -hmm. I'll be right there. I, I've, I've, I've led the way and you can make it too. Now at this church, 
history tells us was a man named Polycarp. Some of you guys will know that name and some of you won't. I did some research on that today. He was at the church. He was the bishop of the church of Smyrna. And, and he is, here's just a little bit of his story. It's not recorded in the Bible. It's recorded in church history. But he was an 86-year-old man when they finally came and got him because he wouldn't stop preaching the gospel. And they took him in. I wrote the name of the guy because I think he should live in infamy. His name was Sladius Quadratus, was the proconsul of this city that he was in from Rome. And he said to him, I feel sorry for you. You're 86 years old. The law said you're not allowed to preach in this name. You're not allowed to spread the gospel. This is against the laws of Rome. And you, the penalty is death, but I feel bad for you. So if you will just say to me, whisper to me, that Caesar is, Caesar is God. Caesar is Lord, is the actual statement. Then I'll let you go home. Been easy to say he was. Right? 86 years old. Right? And it says he'd been bishop for, I wrote it down, but it's an enormous amount of years. You know, so he was an early Christian. Mm -hmm. He'd been faithful to God this whole time. He says to him, just say, just whisper it to me. I want to let you go. And he told him, God's already told me that I'm going to die. He's already prepared me for this. He told me how I'm going to die, that I'm going to be burned to death. He said, this is his actual words that he says. It, of course, he would have said it in the language then, but here it is translated. He said, for 86 years I have served Christ, and he has never done anything to me but good. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? So the guy who feels like he's been merciful... Now he's angry. And he, t he commands them to tie him up and take him out to be burnt. Well, he says, you don't have to tie me. He said, for this, I'm willing to die. You don't have to tie me up. If, if the penalty is, if you don't deny Christ, you're going to die in these flames, well, I'll stand there. And he did. And, and as the flames are going, he's talking to the people. God gave him the measure of grace he needed in that hour. Even though he's suffering, he's telling them about Christ. And he said to the, the man who was the proconsul, he said, the guy said, why would you die in these flames when I would have let you go? And he said, these flames of your judgment are for but a moment. But the flames that you're going to face if you don't turn to Christ are for all eternity. So in that moment, he's still doing Je the Jesus' thing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They need to know the truth. He's extending mercy. Some people, this not, you don't have to believe this. This is what the historians who wrote about it who were there said that in the, there was such a peace at his death that even the heathen, people worshiping pagan tribes in that area, kept passing the story around and astounded. How does a man go and stand in the flames, willing to die, at peace, preach the gospel, have forgiveness for the man who put him there? How you got to hear about how this guy died. This is what he's talking about right here. He's not naming Polycarp individually. He's saying, this church in Smyrna, you're, you're going to have to suffer. Mm -hmm. and, and you're not doing anything to deserve suffering. But when you suffer... Know that I suffered first, mm -hmm. and we're going to overcome it. And be faithful. I got death. through it, and you're going to get through it. Mm -hmm. And they were mm -hmm. doing this. So I think this is a very, this is tender to my heart. It's hurtful to my heart. Think mm -hmm. what people right now in the world are suffering because of the name of Christ and be, that won't deny him. Mm -hmm. They won't deny him. They're willing you know, to do, face I this. I always think of this right about here because 
we say that. I, I have prayed that in my life. Please, God, if I ever am in a situation where I have to, you know, say that or die for that, help me to be strong enough to do that. Don't let me be weak and wishy-washy. But then I also know me, and sometimes when things don't go the way you like, well, then you're just going to quit. You're not going you're not gonna to go to that church or to do that thing anymore or talk to And I think how weak we really are sometimes when it comes to our I don't faith. think any, any of us have the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that is only the power of God. Because I don't think any human being readily says no, I don't think they do either. what he said, readily does what he did. I think that God gives you the grace you need in the moment you need it, or I sure hope so, because I know in myself, I, would, I can't even imagine what this mm-hmm. man did. But he said, you know, this, God's never done anything but good to me. And that's true. And isn't that true for you and me too? Has he ever done anything but good for you? And how yeah. do you deny him now? How, how, do, how would I say that and get out of this to save myself when he's my king, mm-hmm. the king who saved me, right? And I just want to say that the other issue they're having is, it says Jews that are not Jews, but they're the synagogue of Satan. Boy, that's plain speech. These are, these are and I looked it up, and I hope I, from reliable sources that I trust, these are people that came and got saved that were Gentile people. But because there were Judaizers or preachers in this church that you needed to be a Jew also, not just the blood of Christ, but you need to be under the law, in other words. These people got really zealous about going back under the law. And he, he said they're claiming to be Jews, but they're not Jews. And you're t- in your church, it says right here, this is, I see what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they're blasphemy. And I see how you're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, you're right, this is wrong. You don't have to go back under the law to be saved. We're, mm-hmm. Jesus fulfilled the law. And, and, you know, we know this is an issue because Paul writes about it. And he writes about Peter it writes about it. And they keep talking about people trying to make you go back under. Jesus is, it, really what they're saying, if you, if you really boil it down, is the death of Jesus on the cross is not quite enough. It's good. Mm-hmm. But I also have to save myself. Mm-hmm. And he's saying people that are teaching you that are of the synagogue of Satan. They're not Jews. They're not, they're not truly the, the house of God, the family of God. They're adding they it to yep. you. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, I see that that's going on. And then he's talking about, do you see, Paul started talking about the, then right within the church you have not the same level of persecution, but persecution. Persecution from people that are saying, you're saved, but you're not as saved as me. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. a Christian, but you're not as close as me. Yeah, because if you were, you'd be able to right? do this or that. You'd or also other. keep the law. If you were really a child of God, you'd be a Jew like me. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and he's saying that don't fear them, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't fear the people that are going to kill your body. Don't pe- fear the people that are trying to divide you and tell you something that's not part of the gospel. Verse ten. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and read that one. Verse ten. For none of those things which fear thou, none of those. Fear, things. I'm sorry. Fear that's none okay. of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Okay. Someone always asks about the ten days. And it's notes in my Bible from a very reliable source, and notes in the Bible, that that was a phrase that if you were truly a Jewish person or you were knowledgeable of the Old Testament, that you would understand what the ten days are talking about. If you go to Daniel chapter 1, 
verses 20 and follow, or not 20, I wrote it down, but it's in Daniel chapter 1 where he first is brought into Babylon and they want to feed him with the king's meat that's been offered to idols and worship to the king and worship to false gods and he won't eat it. Mm -hmm. Right? He won't be a part of that. And he says, you know, me and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're just going to have pulse mm -hmm. for this time. Try us, test us, see that God won't do exactly what he said he would do. And it's talked about that's the 10 days. So he's saying to them, you're going to have this time of trial. Whether it's, I don't think it's a literal 10 days. He said, your time is coming to mm -hmm. be tried. Mm -hmm. You're going to find out whether you stand up under that trial. And you're going to find, don't be afraid, you will. Mm -hmm. don't don't be afraid what we just said I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to do that he said listen you shall yeah, have tribulation ten days be faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life you can make it mm -hmm. it's for a time he that overcometh shall not be hurt by the second death what is the second death second death the Bible describes as hell the lake mm -hmm. of fire he said you might die here but, you're not but that second death will never touch you mm -hmm. you're gonna have a crown of life in my presence I'm gonna reward you for your sacrifice this is just a moment of trial and you're going to be in eternity with me. So here's a whole church with that admonition, with that encouragement, with that everything about it. I know your works. You're poor. We quit if somebody hurts our feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. We quit if somebody doesn't recognize our worth. Or we have to build, we have to build uh, people up on our side. You know, <laughs> this says you're going to be, you're going to face death. You're going to face and death. And I'm not going to stop it. Why wouldn't God stop? God has the power to stop it. Why wouldn't he stop it? Because all the heathen noticed that, you know what I mean? That's the, where you time The death of those people brought people to Christ. Mm -hmm. They went through that hard time so that people spend an eternity with the Lord. And also scattered God used people that. that were Christians to other places in the world. So it did both. It did both. But right here you have a church that he's asking to do an impossible thing. Mm -hmm. He said, don't worry, I've done it first. Mm -hmm. I'm your example. And I'm with you. I'm, I'm walking among the candlesticks. I'm with you in this. Mm -hmm. And you'll make it. Your 10 days are here. Your, your trial's coming. Mm -hmm. But I'll give you a crown of life, right? And you will not be hurt by the second mm -hmm. death. So mm -hmm. they already kind of knew they what They can kill your to. body, but they cannot kill your soul. Mm -hmm. they, they can only do so much. My dad used to say it to kind of joke. They can kill you, but they can't eat you. <laughs> right? I mean, they, they can do their best, do their worst. Mm-hmm. But he's still You're going to be okay. I've got, I've got you, and I've proven I've got you. You couldn't say this if you weren't the resurrected Lord. Because mm -hmm. you said. could not say that. He this proved This is the first it. and the last which was dead and is alive. I know what I'm, ta I what know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about. about. Yeah, and if you remember, and they're still not far enough out, they should know what he's talking about. He's too. the first fruits of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. That means you get to resurrect too. You're going to be okay mm -hmm. when you go through this trial. All of the trials. Smyrna breaks trials. my heart, but yeah. it makes me realize how dear Jesus is to his people and how they don't need to be afraid of anything because he's got it. He's got right? it. Right? He's in done it before. Hand, in his right hand. Mm -hmm. uh, verse 12. We got one more. Do we have one more or two more in this one? Two we, more. We might not get to all of them, but yeah, we got, we're running out. We'll so see what happens. Go. And, verse 12, to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. <laughs> now, I just want to point out, he said, I'm the one who's walking Got up and down in the, the, palm the, candlestick, of the hand. candlesticks. I'm the one who was dead and is now alive. And I'm the one who has the sharp sword with two edges. So what's he reminding them right off the bat? Listen, everything you need, or what I'm going to correct you about, 
I'm the answer mm-hmm. to it. Right there. The word of God. I'm the answer to Jesus said, I'm the answer to all that you need to fix this. Mm-hmm. I am the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what the the hard thing for people to understand, I think about that, is that the word of God hurts. And I heard, and I read this today. I don't know where I read it's a sword. it, but I read it. It is a sharp, two, well, it says it's a sharp sword with two edges. Mm-hmm. Cuts sharp, both ways. Sh- sharp sword with two edges. That's what that means. It cuts hurt. both ways. It's not a butter knife. You, it, people want to use the word of God to attack others, but that sword has two edges. It also attacks you. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you see that in someone else, you pretty often, almost all the time, it's in you. Mm-hmm. And it cuts both ways. And it cuts both ways. Right, it's true. So he's more, he's telling them up front, right? Pergamos, here we go. Verse 13. I know thy works and where there where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Let's and, talk about Satan's seat. Okay. The biggest altar in the world at that time was in this this area, in this city where they live. It was an altar to Zeus, and it was enormous. So again, let's culturally think what he's saying. He's saying, I know where Satan's seat is. I realize that you have a, a little gathering of believers and a, great big, and a great big altar to Zeus, to this, this false god. And I realize what you're going through, okay? And what, what your situation is. And I see where you live. I see what the people are like around you. I see where you're living. I know your works. I know thy works and where you dwell. And, and in other words, I know what you're fighting against. You don't think mm-hmm. I understand it, but I see it. Mm-hmm. Right? And it says, And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. The, we don't know who Antipas was. History lost it. I tried to find it, to find out who he was or what he died for. But what he tells you, it doesn't matter. Jesus remembered. And he put it in there. He said, This was, my, this was mine. Mm-hmm. He was mine, and he was slain somehow because of that conflict with the worship of Zeus and the worship of Jesus Christ. Because he was a faithful martyr, mm-hmm. he died for his beliefs. Sm- among you, where Satan where sal- Satan dwelled, I-, I imagine he was made an example of. I don't know, but because we don't have that, that's lost to history. But he said, even though I see that and that bravery, that courage, that what you have to face with these people that are worshiping Zeus and hating you and wanting to destroy you. Verse I still 14. have a few things Here's to say. Verse 14, but I have a few thing, things against thee. So here's the thing. What I already get from this is we cannot take this lightly and let days go by where we're not Examining focused on ourselves. Our, how we're, our relationship is with Christ. It says somewhere in Scripture, and I, I'm really bad at quoting it, but the, right, the righteous will scarcely be saved, Right. And that's kind of what I hear here is these are good things. There's lots of good things that you're doing, but come on, here's some more stuff that you need to get right. I, I told you just I told you that happened to me this week is that I had I was I got angry about something that somebody did and it, it's not important and it doesn't matter and I and I started, you know, going down a road that's not good and then it, God reminded me through the Holy Spirit you need to stop right now mm-hmm. that person belongs to me mm-hmm. you don't deal with them I you deal, deal with, with them, them. Mm-hmm. that's my kid so it didn't matter that what they did I thought was wrong all that matters was they belong to him not me mm-hmm. my job is to pray for them and love them be good to them treat them well 
forgive them. Take care of the other, right? Part. And God will take care of His own. Yes, He will. That's and and that's what—that's just really hard to remember, isn't it? But mm-hmm. God will take care. Mm-hmm. He won't leave His own. He won't leave me to do wrong. No. He won't leave them to do wrong. He will deal with them as He only can. As only God can do. Mm-hmm. But it says, "I have a few things." Verse fourteen: "I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam." who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Do you want to go ahead and talk about... Oh, wait, here's a... So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And in case you forgot, I hate that. thing I hate. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear it when I said it before, I still hate that. I hate, he hates that. So, but, but who's... What's going on here... Balak Who's and Balaam, Balaam. And, and and who are these people we're talking about? Balaam and Balak, or I think it's Barak is the spelling of it in the, uh, but I don't remember. But anyway, in the Old Testament, sometimes the spellings are a little bit different when you get in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But the story is of when God's people are leaving Egypt and they're on the way to the pro- promised land. Remember, there's a 40-year period. And at a, a point during that period, the nations that are in the promised land hire a prophet. And the Bible tells you in Numbers chapter 11, verse 29, that this is a prophet of God. This guy's a true prophet. Mm-hmm. He knows God. He has a relationship with God. But he's hired out himself. Mm-hmm. At first he tells him, no, 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 I won't do it. But finally they, the price is right, and he says, fine, I'll do it. So this mm-hmm. prophet of God goes to curse God's people because these nations have paid him to do so. And remember, that's the famous story where the donkey talks. Like, mm-hmm. he's trying to go, and the donkey will not go. And finally, God opens his eyes, and that with them, when the donkey speaks and says, Do you not see the angel with the sword right there ready to, to kill, kill you mm-hmm. on your way? And, he, and God tells him, you know, How dare you curse my people, mm-hmm. my chosen people, the people that I've protected? Gamaliel, who I believe was a man of God, a Jewish man of God, and a wise man of God, Mm -hmm. said, you're going to find yourself, if you're not careful, he told the Pharisees, that you are in battle against God. Right? You're going to find yourself going against God. If it's not of God, it'll fall away anyway. And if it is of God, you're going to find yourself in a confrontation with God himself if you go against Christianity. Watch how we have to let go. Yeah, right? yeah, we're in control, and we want to make it work this way. And we want to make we want to make it to do this, and we want this to be this way. And God says, "Not yours to decide. Let go. So let me take care of it." I don't, I don't know. They have this problem with the Nicolaitans in their church. Those, those people trying to step in front and be the person everybody loves mm-hmm. instead of Christ, mm-hmm. and like get in the way. But they also have this idea that that maybe what they've got from God is for sale mm-hmm. is the idea of Balaam like it can be bought with a price like if you can I, I'm Eat things, help me if you know more than me about the situation mm-hmm. but he, he's saying you know it, the, when it's talking about the idols and the fornication I wonder if they're doing what happened in like the medieval churches where you you sin but if you paid then it covered it Mm-hmm. You know, because he's saying or, it's for sale. He's saying you're doing these things. They're enticing them to do wrong. I don't know that. But but fornication and idols is going to come up in the next church too. Mm-hmm. So he said you can't tell people the gospel of Christ and then tell them that they can sleep with anybody they want, live with anybody they want, and God doesn't care about that, and that's not important. Do whatever you want to do. Or And remember, okay. that is really a crucial point when you're talking about mm-hmm. this culture that does that for worship. Mm-hmm. of false idols well and it seems like even here you start to see the churches try to 
make it okay. We'll do this together and it'll Christ be is okay. good. Let's add this. Because that'll just make it everybody yep. happy. We'll just change it a little bit to make everybody happy. For a price. For a price. Your sellouts. But that I don't know how complain. exactly they sold, sold out. Mm -hmm. But when he's calling them Balaam, the doctrine of Balaam, he's saying, you've sold it for a price. Mm -hmm. what, what is true and good, you're starting to sell. Now, he just told them they did some good things. Mm -hmm. So they're not all the way there. But they're getting there. But they're getting there. If they don't turn around, they're going to be there. Mm -hmm. Right? They're going to keep going until mm -hmm. they've sold the truth And he lie. says to them in verse 16, Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Again, you're going to be in conflict with God himself. Based and God on wins. the word of God. Yeah. Right? Based on what you know right. he's told you to do. So how often when we study, and I know we, we try to, that's what this is all about for me, is just to get people opening up their Bible, read it, study it, look at it. What, what's it say? What's it saying to you? What if we just read it and we don't do anything it says? We're going to be judged by the things in this book, right? What he's told us, what he shows us, what we do, what we've done. Here, here it is, and he tells them that. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them, fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Think about how ridiculous it is for the body of Christ to fight against the body of Christ. To damage mm -hmm. itself. Yes. We've got enemies on every side. It says we're being persecuted. You're going to have to die for your faith. You, you know, you have all these things going on. We've got enough enemies. We're not enemies. No. If, if, if you are in the church of God, which is, is one body, mm -hmm. one temple, one baptism, one Lord, all this, one thing, why are you tearing down each other? Mm -hmm. And he said, if you, if you start that, you're going to be fighting against me. Mm-hmm. And I win. And look what it says here, verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving him that receiveth it. Okay, so what are they overcoming? I like that. To him that overcome. what are they overcoming? Selling themselves out for something that's less than the truth of the Word of God. What are they overcoming? Battling one another. The deeds of the Tearing up one another. Are they overcoming, thinking you're the important part and not Christ the important part? Mm -hmm. But if you overcome that, that he's talking to you about, if you listen to me, mm -hmm. I'll give you hidden manna and a stone with your name on it. In other words, not only you're going to know who Christ really is, mm -hmm. and you're going to know who you really, really are. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I've got your name written. You don't even know who you are. But I've got an, I know who you are. I'm going to show you that hidden manna. You know, Jesus, the hidden manna was in the Ark of the Covenant. They put that manna inside the Ark. They weren't supposed to keep it overnight except for that one mm -hmm. that they put inside the Ark of the Covenant that represents Christ. He mm -hmm. is the manna. Mm -hmm. The New Testament tells us he is the bread of life. Mm -hmm. That that's really have Christ revealed, that hidden manna mm -hmm. that's, that's in the Ark. Just think about what that means. You're going to know him not just... You're going to grow in your knowledge of him. You know him a it's little bit. It's going to be real right? we know him to you here. more than it is now. Right. Like the song says, when you enter the gates of that city, what are you going to see? Mm -hmm. Right? All mm -hmm. the things you're going to see. In the, and Christ, we don't even, we can look at that and we can imagine, but we can't even, uh, we can't even begin to mm -hmm. understand what it is 
to be known as we are known. Mm-hmm. Or to, to know, know as, as we, we are known. known. Say, it, yeah. say it backwards. Right. Yeah. So it is time. We're finished. We'll have to pick back up here at the next one. Um, this is not a great one to start with because it's pretty complicated, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> we'll come back and get it. We'll be okay. So um, from let's finish it with our perspectives because I think um, that's always a good thing to do. For me, as an older Christian or someone who's been in church longer, this is a reminder to me that there are always things I need to be on guard against. I need to take seriously what the Bible says, even to these churches. What what kind of things is he criticizing them for? For getting their first love, for um, some of the suffering that they got to go through, for... Um, Letting other, people, letting other people tell you what's an easier way or a better way or you don't have or to do it this they way. They try to be in charge of the church instead of putting Christ in charge. Or put of the a church. stumbling block in yeah. my way, right? And I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody either. So we have to stand guard and be ready. We have to pay attention. There is nothing right now, in my opinion, that can keep the Lord from coming back. The rapture of the church could happen at any time. We're supposed to comfort ourselves with those words. And I know that's completely off topic from this lesson, but it's really not. Because if you believe that and you have faith in that, then you know everything he's saying in here is relevant. It means something. We need to not become older Christians who can just do what we want because we've been here a long time. Or, oh, well, if, that, if they just have to get over that because, you know, I'm, I'm older and we need to work. We need to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves from a new Christian perspective or someone who's just started into the faith or who's just starting to get serious. I may not have the best answer to that <laughs> one on this one, but I'm going to say what I'm thinking and then somebody in comments make it better. So I, I think the takeaway for a young Christian is we have a tendency to say, Lord, you know, I sure wish that that guy would figure this out. He is such an idiot. Or this guy would fi- figure this out. He's such a dummy. And the point of this to me as a believer is Christ has something. He has a message for me. And there's something in me that he'd like. Nevertheless, I have something to say to you. I guarantee you for every believer, no matter whether you just started and you have to learn or you're an older believer and you have to learn, he has some things he wants to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. He's with you. He's walking among you. Mm -hmm. He cares enough to send you a message. He cares enough to make sure it gets there with this angel to make sure you get it. But there's some things he'd like to talk to you about. And I think one of the things he wants to talk to us about Mm -hmm. is that you don't go to church to find perfect people. You don't go to church to find people that have got it all figured out and never make a mistake. If you are going for that reason, you don't get it yet. Because everybody in in this building is the church, right? Everybody that is, is a part of the church is a flawed and, and tempted human being who doesn't understand the whole picture, right? And, 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 and who will, for the right reasons, say the wrong things and for, and for sometimes selfish reasons, not see the nose at the end of their face. But God's walking among them. These are his people. He loves them. He cares enough to tell them. This is not a place where you find perfection. You will not find that church. So bring your imperfect self in and sit down mm-hmm. and it's forgive fine. the other imperfect people in the room and accept their forgiveness for you when you mess up 
because it's going to be that way till he returns Mm -hmm. until he until he makes us in a glorified body and in his presence in heaven this is the struggle Mm -hmm. there's some things we're getting right and there's some things we're getting wrong and we need to be real comfortable with that Mm -hmm. and if we don't and not say well you got that wrong you're out you got that wrong we don't need you you got that wrong i don't forgive you no you got that wrong hey that's normal and we got to keep And now going. let's do better. And and God show me what I can do better. And I don't think you could have ended that any better than that statement right there. So, thank you for joining us. We will be back here Lord willing next Saturday. Uh, we will take up with the end of chapter 2 and move on into chapter 3 of the book of Revelations. Keep your Bible open. <laughs>